Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire uh, book club and welcome to Follow Up Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the episode where we go over uh, questions from last week's episode. Um, Just different uh, tidbits, people that that they shared about the chapter, or questions, theories, what have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's follow-up Friday. Yeah, uh, this week we didn't get as many Ravens sent to us. Um, We still have some, actually, that have been sent to us that we're kind of holding on to. Correct, because they were very specific to the chapters that are coming Yeah, uh, this week we have two rather large ones, um, and one of them is from our, you know, one of our fellow bannermen. Absolutely. Lord Adam Parker and a new person. Um, I'm just going to call him uh, Michael B. I don't want to say his his last name, um, but he has been, he just hit me up, hit me up today. So I sure. uh, really appreciate that. And uh, again, it's kind of a history part connection. We had, we had talked last week in our follow-up Friday about the War of the Roses and the historical connection. Right. And he is talking about his uh, Hadrian's Wall. It was a wall that the Romans built during the Roman Empire that kind of separated England. Parts of it are still there today, but uh, so we have that to get to. But first, we're going to get to uh, Lord Adam Parker, who was also the trivia winner this week. The question was, nice. who has a horse named Glory? And the answer is Jamie Winston. Mm. That's awesome. So, yeah, uh, real quick before we yeah. get going, as any show news we want, Sir Ezra, any show yeah. news, any royal decrees we want to issue? Whoa, whoa. Um... Yeah, let me, let me think real quick. Uh, what are some things that are going on? We've got, um, oh my gosh, we a just... A lot of Patreon stuff coming out. Yeah, a lot of Patreon stuff coming out, and actually that is getting edited right after this episode today. So mm-hmm. this will air on Friday, so probably this weekend they'll see all of that. Yeah, uh, we... New episodes for May. Yeah, we have uh, we have the our first Mead, Meat, and Cheese. Well, it's our second Mead, Meat, and Cheese, but it's our first one from the A Feast of Ice and Fire book. We have... Coming soon, uh, probably next week, we'll be doing our first show-to-book comparison episode. That is also a Patreon thing. And well, we, we also are just our Patreon update, too. Which we yeah, it's well. called, called The Bannerman. I might post that tonight, actually. Call the Banners? Yeah. yeah um, that is kind of, uh, we refer to it as, it's a council with our with our patrons, mm-hmm. or, yeah, yeah, our, our business partners, as I like, to, as I like to uh, absolutely refer to them. So that's kind of that's kind of what that is. And then we also have some um, some things coming this month. We may have launch one of our first Black Council, one of our first very large theory videos, and we're also working on some smaller, like, excuse me, ten minute kind of YouTube. You know, like more standard YouTube videos. Uh, mm-hmm. People have been requesting that we kind of do those, these kind of shorter ones. Right. Yep. So uh, appreciate well, that. And I think you know the thing that is really coming that's exciting that I'm super excited for is the theory that you and I are working on. Um, yeah. And, and I have guys, not seen, I haven't seen anybody make this connection. I have, I haven't even, it, we may be way off on it and it's okay, but I think it's just something, um, there, there, there's a question that needs asked and we are going to ask that question and we might be way off the mark. Maybe somebody else has done it. It is what it is, but I think it's just the fun that you have getting into, um, you know, you dig into the dates and you look at the timeline and there's some, there's some, uh, vague um, at the end of Robert's Rebellion in the beginning some of those dates and times and when they were born who was 
who, where, where were people, etc. Was Ned Stark with you know on his way to the wedding with Ashara Dane, and did they travel north, you know, uh, to call the banners? You know what I mean? When and where did those things take place? Exactly. Right? So that's the kind of stuff that I think we have been thinking about here recently, because uh, we've been we've been prepping for Black Council, which is really typically going to be. Um, it's it's meant to be more of the ancient, not ancient, right. but like the Targaryen history. But we're going to actually start with Robert's Rebellion, just because it's been so intriguing. Journey right. of Heron Hall exactly. um, is where that's going to be on our Patreon series. But yeah, there's just like yeah. so much that we're kind of thinking about in regards to um, yeah, so our, timelines. Yeah, so our, our Black Council Patreon episodes are going to be like much longer in-depth podcast format worth you coming over to listen to absolutely but we're still we are still tentatively working on you know some smaller youtube more like youtube based content because that's just other things where we quickly have these theories we want to respond to kind of do we're working out the format for that because you know we don't just want you know podcast listeners to bend the knee we want everyone to bend the knee wow you know much like Aegon Targaryen who we'll be talking about in the upcoming episode yeah uh the X is going to go up on Monday and his conquest sometimes it's not just about ruling you know the podcast side which is Westeros right you know he turned his back on Essa said I'm kind of done with it I uh you know Mm-hmm. plan on ruling both right yeah <laughs> no exactly and that's why you'll need both of us right so <laughs> exactly yeah so no, I'll, I'll be your uh you know your warden in essos mm-hmm. if you need but um yeah a good point though we uh quick show update with that this monday we may be moving um the show around a smidge bit yeah we, we did we did that one week before mm-hmm. where the chapter was kind of small and that this chapter is kind of small yeah this is uh john chap this is john two i believe Yep, John, t- the second John chapter, yeah. um, in a Game of Thrones, and uh, well, y- you know, you'll you'll get it when we get it, but it's it's kind of a shorter chapter, and then our World of Ice and Fire section is enormous. Correct, um, it's huge. Yeah, it's an hour long in the audio book. It's Aegon's Conquest. It's Aegon's Conquest. Yeah, so it's huge, and, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we, we're going to take some time with it, and our follow up Friday after that will also probably you know pretty big because we expect questions about it we expect people to want to talk about Aegon's mm-hmm. conquest a little bit and we ourselves will probably have yeah. stuff that we forgot to get to and we will mm-hmm. get to it in the friday yeah and episode. uh real quick uh if you want to watch we love to throw out it's all about the community so we i'll absolutely promote other people's content um alt shift x who i kind of consider as the king of game of thrones yeah <laughs> to be completely honest um, he does a 10 minute kind of quick breakdown that is excellent. If you just go to his thing, I don't believe it's Aegon's Conquest is the name of the video. I think it's How Will Danny Conquer? It, you know, came out a couple of years ago sure. before in the show she had come over, but he basically says, like, how's Daenerys going to do it? But then he goes into break down um, Aegon's Conquest and say, this is how he did it. Maybe this is similar how, how she'll do it. You know, the one thing, I'm not sure that he had this when it came out. Um, but the Sons of the Dragon, uh, now again, maybe he did because that is rehashed material, mm-hmm. I think, from readings that Gurr had done. But uh, we will also try to include some of the uh, Sons of the Dragon material, yeah. which I have read, and I'll try to sprinkle a little bit of that in there. Uh, and really, Aegon's Conquest is different than Sons right. of the Dragon, but um, there's some neat tidbits that tie in there uh, mm-hmm. with his family. So. Absolutely. We, we can talk more about those. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into our first kind of question here. So this is a rather long one. <clears throat> this is a theory I've seen quite a lot. Lord Adam Parker, update from Lord Adam Parker. He says that uh, 
White Harbor's quite cold. <laughs> I, I, bu- I believe it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I believe he's over in the kingdom of New York. Oh, uh, uh, okay. I, believe, I, I think he actually lives in, in, the, in the city. Yeah, uh, I see the the city the city of of New York. Yeah, they got hit there for a little while with some. Yeah, it gets got a cold little little cold front. See, yeah. in, here in the kingdom of Ohio, normally it's winter is coming and it's back, but it it, it appears that spring's here. It does. Yes. Yeah. Nice so, and warm. So, anywho, his theory. This is one I've seen quite a lot. What if Ned Stark is still alive? Wow. Now, have you, Sir Ezra, have you seen this just in general? This kind of is Ned Stark still alive theory? No, I have not. At all? To, to be honest with you, I, oh, have, wow. I have not. So, um, have I wondered it myself? Yes. Okay. But I, I legitimately have not. I haven't even read what he sent us. So, I'm in. This, I like doing it this way. Okay. Because I ask questions that probably I wouldn't have, you know, you get the raw mm-hmm. you know, response. So, uh, he breaks it down and he pretty much covers a lot of it that I've seen. So, okay. Uh, first of all, he says, I don't want to share all my theories too early and come up dry toward the end, <laughs> but I've been sitting on this one for a while, for a few months now, and here it goes. So very quickly, I will say once again, thank you so much, Lord Adam Parker. He sends us these super long-winded. It's huge. And they're amazing. Yep. I love them. Anyone else who wants to do it, please do so. Um, so here we go. First, the facts that we know. When Ned dies, air quotes, it is from Arya's point of view, and she claims that Ned is so beat up that he barely looks alive even before his death. He was clearly injured, but in the books, he, um, and in the show, I believe, he has a broken leg. That's where he gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. Well, in the book, it's, uh, so in the show, um, he gets, an, he takes like a spear, a spear mm-hmm. in the leg. In the book, his horse falls on yep. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, it's kind of the same thing. Even if left untreated, it doesn't mess you, it wouldn't, shouldn't mess up your face too much based right. upon how he was injured. Sansa claims that his head above Magor's holdfast looks weirdly unlike her father and that she believes it's due to the tarring process as well decapitation right lord catlin says that ned's bones look to be from a smaller man than ned and most people myself included took this as her grief showing that everyone looked similar as a pile of bones but it wasn't uh but if she was being but what if she was being literal i mean that's that's interesting yeah yeah so did she say that in the book or the she probably said that in the book. In the book. She? In the show, she just lo- she just opens the thing and kind of gasps. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Um, but a real quick thing I will add is that in the chapter we already read, the Catelyn chapter, when she talks about Ned standing in front of the windowsill, he seems slimmer because he's standing uh-huh. there naked, so he doesn't have all of his armor and stuff right, like that right, on. Right. So maybe that's another thing. And maybe it's also just because he he seems smaller because, he, you know, I mean, like it's almost like he he's, it's like he's weakened, he's defeated, he's... He's dead. I mean, sure. you know, so yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, how could Ned have escaped? So we know later, um, based upon books um, later that during the events of Game of Thrones, Jack and Hagar got captured and was put into the same black cells that Ned was in. Mm-hmm. It can be ar- argued that when Ned is thrown into the black cells beneath the red keep before his death, he could have come across Jacken, who was also imprisoned in these cells. However, it's weird that Jacken managed to get himself arrested because a faceless man, a.k.a. a badass assassin, probably wouldn't ever wind up in jail by accident, especially being captured by moronic Lannister guards. Mm-hmm. Jacken could have been paid um, paid off to get himself arrested in order to be down in the cells with Ned, which could, be, which could have very... Um, well, been organized by the ever-connected Lord Varys, who visits Ned before his execution. But let's assume Varys is not involved. If we only, if if only Ned was close to a faceless man from Bravos. Oh wait, this is where Sirio comes in. 
The fact that Sirio is assumed to have died is a little far-fetched as he's a talented sword fighter. Mm -hmm. He destroyed four guards with a wooden sword, and elderly Sir Marin is no match for the first sword of Bravos. He could have gotten away from Sir Marin and wanting to help Ned in order to help Arya, who he cared for. He could have gone down into the cells to release Ned. It's not hard for Jaqen, Sirio, or Varys to sneak into the black cells. Sirio and Jaqen work together... um, uh, working together, decide to have Sirio sacrifice himself wearing Ned's face. Or maybe Jacken is Sirio, which is uh, certainly one that mm-hmm. Sir Ezra and I are yep. a big believer of. Sirio ha- uh, could have been caught and put into the cells, and Jacken took his face just to train with Arya. It would explain a lot about Jacken and Arya's relationship, mainly why Jacken says to Arya, there is only one god, and a girl knows his name. Right. Which connects with Sirio telling Arya during their training, there is only one god and his name is Death. If they are different people, whether Sirio decided to do this on his own, uh, on his own, or it was arranged by Varys, or a combination, it doesn't matter. Or, let's say, Sirio gets beat up and needs help. Varys happens upon a severely wounded Sirio in the Red Keep, and he helps Arya escape. Varys knows that Ned could help him in the long run and ask Sirio if he could take Ned's place because Varys knows Joffrey will kill Ned or Sirio will be sent to the wall and either die en route when he arrives. Sirio knows he's going to die and agrees to help Varys, although it's been mentioned that the Faceless Men can only change faces with someone who's dead, which would make it impossible for Jacken to use Ned's face to replace him at his execution. That fact contradicts itself in the end of season five, which is the show. So mm-hmm. the books may be totally different. Don't know. When Arya pulls faces off Jack and reveals her own face, seeing as she's sitting right there, very much alive, we can, pres- we can possibly assume that there are exceptions to this dead people only rule. Moving on, Ned and a faceless man swap, swap under the Red Keep using the same passage that Varys uses to get Tyrion out. Ned leaves with Jacken's help, Varys, etc., this, uh, thus, this, the prediction, Ned is somewhere in Westeros that no one, and I mean no one, goes to or even thinks about. Greywater Watch. Howland Reed is an old friend of Ned and would absolutely consent to hiding Ned and nursing him back to hell. Let's continue. When little Jojen Reed has a green dream pretending, uh, pertaining to Bran, he has no clue what to make of it. But when he describes Winterfell, a place he has probably never seen before, and Bran... Someone he will never meet, Howland takes him to Ned, and Ned tells him everything he must do. Take Bran to the Wall, where he will meet Benjen. And he even tells him how to get to Winterfell. How to stay in Winterfell, how to get Bran to trust him, and where to take Bran in case of emergency and anything else he might need to know. All of this, and I mean all of it, also explains where Asha and Rickon are. I believe they're at Greywater Watch. I believe that Varys somehow got a message to them as they made their way to White Harbor, telling them it was unsafe and they should make their way to Greywater Watch, maybe even sending someone from the Neck to guide them there. So they did not pass through Moat Kaelin and the the Ironborn holding it, so Davos is on his way to Greywater Watch. We'll find Asha and Rickon, maybe, and possibly Ned Stark hiding out this whole time. Or maybe the reason we have never seen Howland Reed is because he did a switch off with Ned, and Ned is Howland Reed. This Wow. Pause real quick before uh-huh. we get to this. This is a deep rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> but let's let's continue on here. I can see Howland giving up his life for Ned, maybe just because Ned was the one who sent Jojen and Mira and Howland Reed is dead. I can see them killing a person we never saw to have a big reveal at the end. I'm just going to pause here because think about Rhaegar, character referenced 
a lot. Right. Never met him. John Aaron, character referenced a lot. Right. Never met him. So now is he saying that about Hal and Reed? Yes. Okay. I can see them. Uh, it may seem cruel for Ned to let those in his family suffer, but also I think his word to Liana was bigger than himself. Maybe Ned is the only one who can legitimize Jon Snow's birth, uniting the North and the Seven Kingdoms by putting a Stark slash Targaryen on the Iron Throne. Either that or Ned Stark is actually <laughs> dead. <laughs> oh, there's my. a lot to break down here, but Sir yeah. Ezra, what are your initial thoughts? Well, first of all, the one thing that I think is extremely cool and intriguing about this is that you could have the uh, like like one of our favorite favorite characters it's very clear the way that they that that Gurr wrote you know um Eddard Stark right is just to be this epic badass yes and we are so disappointed and devastated in in book one when he's when he's killed um to have him return in the last book right would bring tears to people's eyes. Now, I mean, that would spoil, be a, now spoiler yeah. warning here mm-hmm. from a book series that I have read. I mean, just like the, a little bit of the, I read most of the first book, mm-hmm. but another huge epic fantasy is the wheel of time. Yeah. And in that you have this character, Randall Thor, who's quite of a boss. That's right. He is. And his father is in the first book, correct? That's right. And then he comes back at the very, very, very end, but he's gone the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So could it be something like that? Uh, yeah. Well, and even so, yeah, actually in, in, in that story, Randall Thor, the dragon reborn, by the way, if you haven't <laughs> uh, read it, you should what you should read that. People have asked us to start a wheel of time. I know podcast, it's ridiculous. But it's 15 books. So we would finish in 30 years. Parent. Yeah. yeah. Parent <laughs> and freaking, you know, Matt uh, Coffin. It's it's Egwene. It's uh, all the characters. But um, no, at the end of that, they actually there is a. A body slash face swap situation. His father does come back um, at the end of that. It is pretty epic and it's emotional. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my whole. I guess my point is that when you, if you were to bring a character like that back, even like you were saying, the idea that we've heard a lot about Rhaegar, we've heard a lot about Hal and Reed, we've heard a lot about um, you know right. John Aaron, to have one of them step back into this world would be insane. Well, it would know, be awesome. It would it be would an be. epic. Uh, and, and to think and think about this is that. Does it would it make more sense for this character we've heard a lot about but never really had any impact on the story to come back or to come out of the shadows and reveal something? Or does it make more sense to have a character come back, somebody like Lord Stark? Mm-hmm. I feel like somebody coming back is much bigger than somebody who you just heard a lot about and then they kind of show up and they do this one thing, but what was, what were they doing the entire time? What is it really, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a bigger, it's a bigger plot device to have Ed to Eddard Stark come back than it is to have Alan Reed just come out of the shadows. Well, now hold on. I, I think now, okay. So if, if Rhaegar, who we believe to be dead were to, come back in this whole piece. There's well, a that's, crap yeah. ton of theories. That's kind of yeah. cool. Now the idea too, that Howland Reed, we haven't seen him yet. We've heard a lot about him. That is someone we're, we're expecting to actually run into Howland Reed. If we right. don't, I think readers are going to be kind of like, okay, what, who, who is how we've never ran into him. And I think he holds a lot of secrets and he is going to be a, something that we'll, oh, he, he, he's, he will oh, step out. But yeah. hear me out here for a second. The, um, the only thing that I, cause I want to get into this piece by piece, but like if, I don't know, man. It's like it's like Ned would have had to have known something that would have stopped him from, you know, sending his um, 
reaching out to his family and reaching out to his um, his son who's going south to war because his head has been taken. Right. You know, that was the only thing when, when you read this, I was thinking, wow, well, I mean, why wouldn't you reach out to his family then or something? But there's a lot of reasons. There's mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of reasons why maybe he wouldn't have done that. Um, but anyways, back to the beginning of this, because the idea is that he's right about Jacken. Right. Okay. Uh, but you believe Jacken is Syria Pharrell. Well, I can totally see that. Are you? Are totally you? Just, or you just want to go on the Jacken plays apart? In, J- Jacken's in the black right. cells, right uh, d- down. I mean, he's Varus is a part of that. You know, how is it that he is? He's caught there, and then later on, he's tied up again with the with with Arya. He seems to be pretty close to um, this the the Stark the Stark family and right. this main story. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we see him again later on in in Old Town. Right. Pretending well, to be. So something. So Pate, I think I, I've, I, I'm there's a lot of theories about Jack and Jahar. I'm kind of curious. Is. This is this is my own kind of a theory. OK. That I've been working on a little bit here. So this, I'll, just, I'll just tease this out so somebody can steal it and make a you know hundred thousand video uh, YouTube. Um, so in the Game of Thrones, the first book, they talk about one of the one of the reasons that they they don't when when it comes to Robert wanting to kill Daenerys, mm-hmm. and they want to do it with like poison, mm-hmm. like they want to like pay someone to do it with poison is, and they they mention they say why don't they just use why don't they just use the um, House of the Undying? Mm-hmm. Why, don't they, why, don't they, why don't they pay the faceless men? Well, part of it is that the crown is in debt. Right. But to use the House of the Undying is very expensive. Mm-hmm. And then and like the price goes up depending on who it is. Mm-hmm. So it seems as if the House of the Undying, it, you know, they're very expensive. So, who's, who, so who is someone that could have afforded to pay possibly Jack and Jahar to say like, Hey, there's going to be this, this person that's going to be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's hear me out. This is a real, real deep rabbit hole. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. But okay. So we know that Rhaegar Targaryen has like dreams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. What's to say that the three heads of the dragon mm-hmm. are actually three you know, does it have to be the dragon or does it simply have to be three heads? Mm-hmm. So, okay. Hear me out. I'm hearing you out. This is, I, this I is, kind this is, of think I know where so you're going. Think about, think about the three characters that uh, there's, think about, think about these, the, the three, these three characters that all have very different kind of roles, right? So you have Arya, Bran, and John. Okay. It's okay. Just hear me out. Uh-huh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so what if Rhaegar is like, knows that like, okay, Bran is going to become, because he knows Bloodraven. Bloodraven yeah. can see into the future and see yeah. into the past and all this stuff. So you have, say like, say Rhaegar knows that like Bran has to become Threadraven. Arya is going to have to become a faceless man. And mm-hmm. Jon Snow has to become whatever. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason that, is it you know, is it just he thinks? Why does he choose Lyanna Stark? Is it that it, is it that he knows it has to be ice and fire? 
is it that he knows it should be mm-hmm. someone with the blood of the first man mm-hmm. or is it knows is it that he needs to specifically be tied to that family wow because you know john has similar blood with mm-hmm. aria yes and, <clears throat> and brand. brand yep mm-hmm. so yep like what's what's that you know what's What's that connection to? Right, exactly, because that. So, yeah. could, so my, I guess what I'm saying Let's is, stay is, on that I'm rabbit saying, hole. Saying, is it possible? Uh-huh. Yeah, that Rhaegar Targaryen, right, paid. This is, I feel like I'm asking one of those like those like ancient alien questions. Is it possible? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that so is it possible that Rhaegar Targaryen paid the House of the Undying to like he knew, mm-hmm. yeah, that all of like these events could happen. So he basically pays. Basically pays them Jack or whatever, and Jack and Jahar, yeah. to like specifically go seek Arya. Yeah. Because Jack and Jahar, these people know, I mean, that guy has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Thousand yeah. Dying has a lot of power. I don't think he just, like, people just show up. Right. I think he specifically has, like, this person has the talent. Right. This person has the talent. Mm-hmm. And so it's odd. It's odd that, like, why does he go, like, why is he in those cells? I think it's probably because he was seeking Ned Stark. Maybe well, it's so that he can learn information about Arya. Dude, you are on a great path here because <laughs> let me tell you something. Like the idea, look at what Arya has to do to sell the idea that she's just selling, you know, um, what are all the things that she's, uh, you know, uh, cockerels, freaking, you mm-hmm. know, fish and whatever, you know, um, clams and oysters and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. And she has to literally, people have to believe that that's what she. Uh, who she is mm-hmm. so she can get close and so she can do some investigation and stuff. That's what these people do. So when he's caught, he's not caught. He is, he is legit. He has let himself be caught for some reason, for some purpose. They're too good for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is, he's in the cells because he wants to be right. He's on his way to the North because he wants to be on his way to the North. Yeah. I mean, so, and, 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 and if you bring in Serial Pharrell as, as Lord Adam Parker did, and as we have in the past, then, I like what he said earlier about did Sir- is it that Serio for Sword of Bravos had right. died or been beaten up and then he took his face? Yeah, um, that is interesting. That could be, um, but well, I, I don't really like that because I do I, I do like the idea that that uh, Serio Pharrell is his own guy. Yeah, and I, that he's his own. Um, that maybe he himself is Jackin. Right. Uh, the, the one of the, that, that was who, who he used to be first, and then he's given over to become a faceless man. Right. So I, I mean, like that his so, backstory. So here, so I just. Here's here's, here's yeah. the last part of my question. Here is because I think it, it it all of this could tie into Ned Stark still alive. Okay, so, um, you know, like the whole three heads of the dragon business. Yeah. Okay, so if Aegon and um, what's her name? Riella, or not Riella, but uh, Rainies. Rainies. Mm-hmm. Targaryen are dead. Then isn't mm-hmm. Jon Snow just one head of the dragon? Isn't it? You need all three. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's, it's Daenerys and Jon and maybe possibly Tyrion. But doesn't it make more sense that it would be Jon, Arya, and Bran? Uh, I mean, it just, dep- it, de- it just depends. Are you, do, if there are three heads to a dragon, do they have to have dragon blood? You know, is that the thing? So, because if they do, then that rules out, I would say, Arya and Bran, right? I know. I'm just, I'm just. No, no, no. You, yeah. you, I, I hear you. Like, there was, because your, your original point was, why did he seek out Lyanna Stark, who had no connection bloodline wise to his is family? Because it, it has to be a song of ice and fire. Right, I mean, right. So, so he seeks them out. So there is power, there's magical power in the Stark blood. We know that. Um, but 
So anyways, but you bring up a really good point. Who is the third head to this? Is it this Blackfire pretender, you know, Aegon Targaryen, yeah. or is it actually Aegon Targaryen, his first son? And one more thing. You brought up a really good point about this because Daenerys, his sister, yeah. he doesn't really seem to think that she plays a role. You know, like yeah. he doesn't foresee anything there necessarily, does he? Right. He's all working to create well, an heir who would be all right. these different things. Well, hear me out. Hear promised. me out on this. Yeah. So, is it possible? So, Bran. So, Bran becomes the three-eyed crow or the three-eyed raven. So mm-hmm. he takes up the mantle of Blood Raven, mm-hmm. right? So, like, so it's not. It's not like he just. So you know, you could almost argue. Well, he just becomes. This this total. I mean, this is there's not really a whole lot here. People people are immediately back. Like, there's no there's no blood, whatever. But you could argue he becomes a dragon, right? Because if, who does Bran? Theoretically, because okay. he he becomes what Blood Raven is. Okay, you know, like the whole like so like the king's blood thing. So you could argue it's always because of the Targaryens, whatever. Yeah. But then like Melisandre goes after Gendry because he has king's blood. Well, technically he does have Targaryen blood because sure. of the Baratheon line, yes. but is it that he has king's blood because the Baratheons became kings or is it because of the Targaryen line? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same question with the whole Mance Raider thing. Mance right. Raider has blood, king's blood, is it right. because he's a king beyond the wall? Like does Rob Stark have king's blood the second he says the second he's declared king in the north? Does Balon Greyjoy have king, you know, king's blood? Right. The, and we never got that far, and so that's where I think you know, when she sees King's blood, she sees it, I believe, in the in, in their heritage. And I think so. Go back to Mance Raider, the idea that he is Sir Arthur Dane, and the Danes are right. uh, completely, you know, related to and have have ties with the Targaryens. So yeah, there's that whole piece too. So and I don't think yeah she would have. So said, Lord Adam Parker, we're going to get back to it, but we kind of yeah. have to sift through this kind of yeah, sorry. part first, right? Because I think it's all connected. I think it is all connected too. Uh, yeah, but but let me. We're in this hole, so let me just yeah, yeah, yeah. stay here for two seconds because Rob Stark. I don't think she would have said necessarily that he had. Did she say that he had King's blood? That he? I don't know. You know what I mean? I think King's blood might mean actually it's more about the. It seems to be very tied to Targaryen blood. Right, but okay. So, so here's a question. Well, no, hold on a second. Maybe not. Well, Baratheon, you already made the connection. There. Right. So yeah. we do know, though, so it could be Targaryen blood. Could it simply be Valyrian blood or blood of old Valyria? Because the Targaryens are just the only ones who survive the doom of Valyria. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are a lot of Targaryens that get exiled to Essos. Uh-huh. Remember uh, during the Duncan Egg thing? Is it true? Darren, who get, who, who's yep. the, the one who's a jerk during the, the, the thing, and then he gets exiled to... Right, he's he's in the one of the free cities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, what if it's Bravos, and then you know, I mean, what if Jack and Jahar is an older Targaryen? Yeah. Line, you know what I mean? And then that, so then you could say, well, Bran bec- Bran takes over for Bloodraven, who is a Targaryen. You never know. I don't know. There's all sorts of weird fucking magic. Yeah. Going on. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay. Two things that I want to get that I want to get in here since we we, we brought them up. Um, I love how this is like an impromptu <laughs> yeah, like theory speculation show. Uh, couldn't do this without uh, Lord Adam Parker. Absolutely. That's for sure. So I want to get back to I, I want to get back to what he said, but I want to make a quick comment about the three eyed um, who it was the three eyed. Um, I'm sorry. Was Crow it? or Raven? 
Well, what was in the show? Back? It's the Red Raven, and the in the book is the Red. No, Crow. no. Back in a world of ice and fire, um, he's Brendan Rivers. Yeah. Um, Blood he's Raven. Blood Raven. Okay, so there we go. He's Blood Raven. When he goes beyond the wall, the show refers to him as the, the three eyed Raven. The three eyed Raven. In the book, he's the three eyed Crow. Now here's the here's the thing. I've but seen a lot of different. I, they they. I think that at one point they say like in, I was listening to the, one of the um, Gior Morma chapter. Well, it's a yeah. John chapter, but Gior Mormon's talking about the difference between a raven and a crow, and he's yeah. like basically the same thing. Oh, my <laughs> so that there's there's the mistake because they are. I actually and I give a shout out to the Order of the Green Hand. They cover this like no one's business. Okay. Um, if you if you want to if you want to look up something after Aren't, you're done listening, or maybe to they, us, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe I was watching Order of the Green Hand. I'm getting it mixed up. Anywho, continue. No, but yeah. So the point is that they their theory. I'll just and we won't go down this rabbit hole because this is their their thing. But um, is that Blood Raven is actually um, uh, a prisoner, and the Three Eyed Crow is is actually just um, sort of like a oh. A manifestation of the great other. It's a it's a it's a way in which the great other is reaching out to Bran, trying to lure him mm-hmm. here. Blood Raven is trying to help him, um, you know, get into. Because did you know that when you when you read the book, there are there are other children who are who are sitting in uh, werewoods and and seeing and, and doing, and they believe that they're basically absorbing uh, Blood Raven's knowledge and his you know who he is. They're kind of using him. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. It, isn't yeah, that kind of weird? I mean, mm-hmm. it's very. It does not seem like a friendly place. It's this very like uh, the children of the forest. I I'm starting to lean towards the they can't be trusted, uh, you know, crew here. Especially what I saw on the show. You know, you're you're telling me the children of the forest created these uh, you know others or you know White Walkers or what have you. That just shows me they're in league with the great other. Mm-hmm. You know, which could have been an, uh, you know call call him an old god uh, who they just end up like. If if you're pushed that far north, maybe they made an an, an alliance mm-hmm. with a god that they didn't that they haven't been able to get out from underneath. That's my because we've gone over the the religion piece for the last couple of weeks, and I've been thinking more about that. I right. the children had these old gods, the the spirit of the river, the the whatever whatever it may be, more, more like Native American to mm-hmm. us, you know, type mm-hmm. of gods, many gods, but they're old gods. And then I think they gave that up. I think they they started to get, they got pushed their limit, and they made a you know an alliance with the great other, and it and it's backfired on them, and yeah. they're they're in a world of hurt. Anyways, back to um, the idea: is Ned Stark still alive? Let's go through this a little bit more piece by piece here. Right. So if you look at because um, it's a it's a it's a long one here. Yeah, there, there there's there is a lot. Okay, so first of all, the first thing he mentions is that Ned Hart Ned excuse me Ned Stark's head, he looks beat up. And different. Mm-hmm. Now there, I don't. Now I just read the I, I audio booked it, but right. Um, I don't think they they say that Ned was tortured while he was in while he was in those cells. No, I don't so think why was. does he look beat up? Is there something later that where they reference back to it where he was? Well, he might be malnourished and 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 things like that. It would that cause you know? Well, here's the other thing too. Is he's out from underneath? He's in the you know, is uh, the color to your skin goes a little bit yeah. right, and you're you've been down there for so long, and um, just looks kind of just rough. Yeah. Rough, I, I think is 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 the idea. So, um, but yeah. but if he is beat up, I get the connection to did something happen to Serio Pharrell? And right now, he makes a good point though with the whole face. You know, uh, the, the idea in the book, the rule kind of is that you can't um, wear somebody else's face unless they are dead. Yeah. Now, I will um, say that I. Th- 
this is how I kind of read it was where Sansa Sansa says that his head uh, looks unlike her father. I he says blue due to the tarring process. I think it's more of the idea it's that like it, it doesn't look like her father because she can't like believe mm-hmm. it. That's how I kind of interpreted it. Sure, and I think anytime you see somebody who you know who you knew and you loved and they've died, they don't look they don't look anything like what you yeah. you know um, would imagine. And that's a horrific, you know, scene that she's looking at too. So she doesn't even want to, like, begin, begin to process. And with her when father. when she goes to look at it, I it's when she's been like holed up in her room for at least I believe it's at least a fortnight mm-hmm. where she's just like in her room. She says she doesn't eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just like barely eats anything. She's just lying in bed right, for like right. a week or like two weeks straight because mm-hmm. she's like doesn't even want to you know begin to process it. And then basically Joffrey comes and drags her out. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, and they're trying to get this. They're trying to manipulate her into the letter that she sends mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and then with Lady Lady Stark's bones again, I think that's the same thing as where it's just that she's in grief, and so you know she's just like the way it is in the show when she when she looks at it, it's just almost like I don't even I can't even begin to. Right. You know, they not that they would do this, but um, you know we've we've had this happen where, um, I mean. A glamour situation. We've legitimately had Mance Raider, who we believed mm-hmm. had been burned, you know, at the stake, yeah. and John shoots him, what have you, yeah. and then it's it's actually um, what's his name, the L- rattle shirt, yeah, uh, or, or Lord, Lord Bones, Bones. Yeah. yeah. So um, now, real quick, before we get going, I just want to say, um, so I I've read a lot of these. Is Ned Stark? I specifically don't think Ned Stark is alive, just because. I mean, I would. I hope he is. But I, I just don't think he is because I think that's the point mm-hmm. is that you, we kind of see. So you see like Ned Stark die because he tries to be as honorable as possible. Mm-hmm. And then you see like Rob Stark die because he like makes a bad decision. And like the mm-hmm. same thing with like Daenerys and John. These people, it's all about like they, they're learning. Everyone's learning the, mm-hmm. the Game of Thrones. This younger generation is like learning the game as right. they grow up. So they have to face hardships. And so I specifically think like Ned Stark dies because it's a way to one, push the story forward. Mm-hmm. And two, it's this way to sh- like show like, I, I mean, it's like a huge, it's like the plot device. Like, yeah, it's sets, what yeah. sets everything in motion. Yeah. Um, yeah. The idea to behead him versus send him to the wall, you know? Um, and that Joffrey, Joffrey makes it and, you know, and, and even Joffrey, I mean, this is, this, this basically, this is Joffrey's downfall. Like we don't, we never, we never really think about that because he's kind of like this villainous character, mm-hmm. but even Joffrey, this is a, this is terrible mistake on his part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we, we, we never really, I guess, kind of look at the villains and the mistakes they make in the game of Thrones. But I also, the other thing is that like, it seems like Cersei when when it's described that like even Varys gets up, like I don't think Varys oh, was expecting no. this to happen. No, they and Varys kind of knows everything. Right, they are shocked genuinely. <laughs> like I think even I don't know that Littlefinger. We don't really get to see his. Or do you remember because he just no, finished it, his reaction or whatever? Um, I don't think anyone wanted that to happen. Mm-mm. Uh, I think everyone is co- sort of like whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a line, and that just shows you the wild dog. That you know, Joffrey is yeah. you know wild lion. Um, yeah. So, anyways, but I mean, I love the idea. I, I I really legitimately do love the idea that I can't wait for Howland Reed to step in the series. I know that he will. I think that's yeah. going to happen next book. Um, he's going to play a part. But actually, maybe even the last book. I'm not sure. I think yeah. they're saving him for a big whatever. But man, to have Ned or even a piece of information where 
you know, Jacken was in those cells. Did he say something to Jacken? Right. You know, um, why was he there? Was it just to sort of skirt around and, and get, you know, sent up to, uh, you know, the north in, that's one thing we don't know. know. We don't know why Jack, even in the show, it's never explained. No. And I actually thought that it would be, I thought, you know, why is Jack in there? Well, and we might actually get an answer to it in the books. Yeah. Uh, there, there'll, there'll be some, some reference to it. We're just not that far along yet when, when Arya sort of makes her, you know, exit from, uh, the house of white and black, the, the house, of the undying, you know, I think something will be said then. I think he'll, he'll, some knowledge will be re- revealed to her there. Um, that kind of fuels her to go back home. Right. You know, so I don't know. Um, yeah. So anyway, so let's see here, but let's assume Varys is not involved. Now it could be that Varys has all this, all this stuff planned out. Yeah. Varys knows a lot of information. The master spider. The master. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's only now see some people. So let's talk about the, I guess real quick is, so could Siri? So could Varys happen upon a Sirio Pharrell that is beat up, and then he gets him to swap places with Ned and die for him? I think it's just hard to get around the how's he wearing Ned's face. Yeah, like that. That's the hard part uh, to get around, unless it's a glamour, which yeah. it's not. I don't think so. But again, they he's right in the show. They've shown that that rule can be um, right. You know. Um, Arya faces her own face. So. I like. I think it makes way more sense if Sirio is Jacken. I think okay. that. So I think. So I think you could still have that aspect and then have the Jack and Ned mm-hmm. thing. And maybe I don't know. They maybe they put it on somebody else. You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, it just even that there's some alliance there. I get that. I think. I think if you take out the Ned, well, because think about this, right? Doesn't somebody die in the House of Undying when when he's showing Arya how it works? Uh huh. Yeah. So like the god of de- like the god of death can pay for, you know, you can pay for whatever, uh-huh. and then that means you know you have all ki- you can really do kind of whatever you the god of death can kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, like you could you could have essentially staged a show because Jacken does that, doesn't he? Doesn't he kind of like stage a he kind of like stages a show right with it. What do you mean with uh, with that guy who dies? Like he like drinks the water and dies. Or? Well, I think he was paying for something in return, though. Oh, okay. I think I can't okay. remember exactly, but yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, he drinks. He drinks from the pool. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole. Um, it's a bit of a ceremony, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I think he had already re- uh, like prearranged for this. Oh, gotcha. to, yeah, I can't remember though. This is more detailed in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, if you take out this piece about Ned being alive and you just focus on. The which we've done before, Jack and Sirio, could they have some relationship? Is there some connection there? It could just be that they're both bravosi and they're they're both from a. They speak this. They would use the same phrases and lingo and stuff like that, and that could be yeah. all that it is. You know, um, Jack and Jahar could also be if he's not Sir. Like, let's say he is. He was Sirio Pharrell. Like the whole thing is that you become that person, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say that Sirio Pharrell was just a person who was also the best first sword of bravos and then jack and jahar just becomes sirio pharrell mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that yeah. way that would explain why he's so good at fighting or he also jack and jahar could also be hundreds of years old mm-hmm. and he could just also be that good of a fighter because that's yeah. one that's one thing i've i've seen people are like well how how would he be that good of a swordsman well i mean you, you mean you mean to fill to, to for fill those- sirio for yeah 
Uh, well, see, that's why I more think that it's Serio Farrell who ha- who has a legit backstory and is Serio Farrell, but then is also like they think it's who he is, but then he wears like maybe Jacken's face. Oh, I gotcha. Or something. You know what yeah. I mean? He Serio himself is now that he's not in service because like Arya, anymore. like Arya knows how to fight, mm-hmm. and she also has the power of the face faceless men now right and i think they are kind of assassins and that's the thing they right. are trained in in that regard so i but i don't know that they really get into like sword play because even the stuff, wave you know? is actually pretty good at fighting yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and they might get more into that in the book i mean they showed us some of that in the in the show but uh it might go into more detail in the book for sure yeah so. um so here we go ned and a faceless men swap faces under the red keep using the same passage um now see, I, yeah, see, I now that part I could see that Ned like escapes through the help of something, um, mm-hmm. and gets out. Yeah, no, I mean, you still have to like, I'm like so at least stage the that is so in the event that it did go down that way, like that's how he gets out because Ned would have to then be somewhere if he's alive. Um, right. You know, there's a, the possibility too that they, I don't know if they could do this or not, but that you you get a face that is similar to his or a relative of his, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of pull off that whole charade. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you have to sell it. You have to have a body and you have to have bones and you've got to have, you know, his face attached there. So, I mean, that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyways, I like it. Um, I like thinking about it and I like the possibility that it could be legit. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Michael B from England. Nice. Or the United Kingdom. I don't know what part of it he's from. So. All right, right. May not be from England. That's right. He's from Scotland. So he's the UK. I am very much enjoying the podcast and also, discoy- also the discussion on Gurr's inspirations. Aside from the Tudor slash War of the Roses, I would also suggest that the idea of the wall may have come from Hadrian's Wall. I believe, I believe that's how you pronounce it. I can't remember my old Roman history. A wall built by the... Romans that stretched from the east coast to the west coast along what was then the border between England and Scotland to defend against raids from Scottish tribes. It also gave the name to my home city, Newcastle, which was a fort along the wall. It was manned by Roman legions made up of conscripts from other countries within the empire. Also along the wall were a number of garrison towns. You can still visit the remains of the wall today. He then provides a link to us. Sir Ezra, if you want, you can take a look at that map. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other thing I am intrigued by is the destruction of the arm, the land bridge. And I think Gurr may have drawn on that from the fact that the British Isles were once attached to the mainland Europe by a land bridge, which we now know as the Doggerland. It was destroyed by a tsunami around 10,000 years ago, but was a populated territory as well as a conduit to ancient Britain. Wow. Um, and then one last thought is that I actually was going to say this last week, but I kind of forgot. One last thought was that the Doom of Valyria could be inspired by Pompeii. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I actually thought you were going to say that last week. Yeah, I, I remember you said, yeah. Um, so, yeah, is, is, whether this is, uh, I don't know to say it either, Hadrian or Hadrian's Wall. Well, yeah. Um, that's neat. I've seen this in a lot of different movies and things, and I'm not a history expert, guru, or guy, but. Uh, I like this because I remember that being you told me this is yeah. like the the border of that uh, Roman Empire. It was the, the yeah. So the Roman Empire had stretched out so big that it you know moved into England, and this was kind of where 
they were like, okay, Emperor Hadrian, I believe. Yeah. Um, was like, boom, this is the, this is where it's at. Yeah. This is where it's ending. Yeah. I mean, because they were kind of like at least in the movies that I've seen. What movie is that in? It's in a it's in a couple uh, a Roman. Um, yeah. You know where they've got the all the centurion. Yeah, you know, centurion. Yeah. Yeah. Going there and it's like uh, they seem kind of wild. They're all painted and they're mm-hmm. all like super kind of mm-hmm. like primitive, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like the wildlings, you yeah. know. So, uh, yeah, I think it that probably is actually because Gur draws a lot of inspiration from from you know that kind of thing. And then again, it kind of goes back to you know you think about the Roman Empire. So even if so, if Gur is drawing specifically from say like the 1500s, like the War of the Roses, the Roman Empire would have been long gone because. Rome. Well, it depends. Are you mm-hmm. a Byz- are you a Byzantine Empire being the Roman Empire, or are you a <laughs> Roman em- person? Because Rome fell in like 420. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. So it depends on how you kind of view it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So if you think about say Valyria, or you know, you look at like the old kingdoms being like before Aegon's conquest, mm-hmm. kind of a thing that being like its own thing, then the wall in the game of thrones was in like the dawn age it was in a different age right like, so yeah. the rome yep. so the roman empire compared to even like the like the war of the roses era it would have been like the ancient gotcha civilization and that's where the wall like brand the builder built the wall comes from yeah yeah for sure yeah that's really neat i mean uh so does that did this wall stretch all the way across the i believe so country for for the most part I'm just trying to find a map of it or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm also looking at this this map of the uh, what is it called the Doggerland, the Europe that was, where it was like all connected and. Yeah, I love that our international you know listeners though like challenge our history. This is like, like it's in awesome. a good way. It is great because like I'm looking up things I would have never looked up, and so uh, the inspirations behind you know Gur's work is is it's it's fascinating. Actually, it's really cool. You know, it kind of even helps you understand. Um, where things might go. I mean, I think if you understand the origins and, and why he set it up this way, you know, it, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know, can, can add some clarity to, uh, a song of ice. And yeah. Fire. So here we go. So Hadrian's wall, just, um, just pulling up here on Wikipedia, also called the Roman wall, um, began in AD one twenty two, the reign of emperor Hadrian. It ran from the banks of the river Tyne near the North sea to the, Solway Firth on the Irish Sea and was the northern limit of the Roman Empire, immediately north of which were the lands of the northern ancient uh, Britons, including the Picts. It was a stone base and a stone wall. There were milestones with turrets in between. Um, there was a fort about every five Roman miles. I don't know what a Roman mile is, but uh, from north to south, it comprised of a ditch. Anyway, uh, yeah, huge wall stretches across, you know, England there. Yeah, there's still pictures, sections of it remain today. Like nice, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Like all like that's one thing that Sir Ezra and I look up a lot. It's a question we <clears> commonly <throat> ask is right. uh, how'd those pyramids get there? How did they get there? Uh I mean, <laughs> you tell me that, my friends. Uh like well, and let me while we're on that rabbit hole, let me say one thing. Let me just let me just throw something out to people who are listening. Think about this for a second. Look at, you know, what, at least the history that we teach here in our country, the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. All this stuff happened in about 100, 150 years, 200 years. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me those pyramids were over 10,000 years ago and they didn't have some sophisticated technology like we have now? Bullcrap. I don't know, though. You know, technolo- hey, uh, technology you- advances pretty fast. Like, 
you know, I was born in, uh, you know, 1988. So I'll tell you how old I yeah. am turning 30 here. Yeah. So my life's pretty much over. And, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, just thinking back to like, of course, I'm sure we have older listeners and stuff like that. But like, you know, when I talk to my when I talk to my dad, I'm like, Dad, when you're a kid, do you ever think any of this technology? Like, no. I know. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. And I'm always like, imagine explaining to your dad, like, the things that you would see in your lifetime. Like, you know what I mean? Crazy, man. That's why I'm saying all this happened in such a short amount of time. Are you telling yeah. me that 10,000 years ago, perhaps, if you believe that, yeah. um, that during that time they didn't have some really sophisticated technology? I mean, who's to say? We don't even know some of the stuff that they did. It's kind of no like clue. it's kind of like the Dawn Age. You know, we're the are the children the Mayans? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy to think about, and I think that's what's kind of cool is that how things could be lost. We have no idea. You had oral history. Are the children coming back? Or yeah, is it like the Mayans? Right. Was there a great flood? Was the doom? Was the doom of Lyria this asteroid that killed the dinosaurs? Right. I don't know. There's Uh, there's dragons, dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good point. Actually, (laughs) the Ice Uh, Age. Uh. Yeah. uh, I know. The Long Night. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Um, so this has been fun. I mean, there's like, there's bits and pieces that I, like there are rabbit holes that I want to go down, but I'm just like, kind of like, uh, yeah, we got, we always get the same. So anyway, guys, that is kind of our follow up Friday here. Um, so real quick, I guess we'll go ahead and, uh, get to the next quiz of ice and fire question. Yeah. Ooh, how should I phrase this? Should I phrase this the way I have it? Or should I phrase it the way I phrased it to you when you didn't know it before I asked it? Um, Slightly, I have it phrased slightly different on the. uh, Yeah, I would do it the way that you did that you ask it to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Leave that individual's names out, like his. Okay. Who has a shipped? Who has a ship named the Silence? Yeah. Okay. There you go. I think that's good because that's you know. Yeah. um, Then you have to look it up. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So. So uh, first person to hit us up will be the winner. Well. Special shout out. Give you a shout out. So, all right, guys, uh, stay tuned, and we have more coming. Do you have something? We just real quick. I wanted to uh, for follow up Friday. If you guys have um, you know questions or thoughts, wherever you want to give us a call, give us a call at six one four five four seven twenty three fifty at six one four five four seven two three five zero. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. And uh, you know you only have three minutes on that. So if you have a real long theory, obviously send us a, a raven, and, and, and that, those will be what we or a crow. Wow. I'm getting out on the crows. Crows, you know. So, but yeah. Okay. All right. Well, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. And in the words of House Hightower, we light the way.